0: welcome to the Psychic Stories podcast, encouraging conversations about mental health. Today I'm speaking to Bethany Robinson. Bethany is a teacher, mental health advocate, CrossFit athlete, weightlifter and recruit on season five of the TV programme, SES Who Dares Wins. Bethany, good morning, how are you?
1: Hiya, uh, I'm good, thank you. Good.
0: Live from Cornwall? Yeah. <laughs> Snowing there?
1: Cornwall at the moment. <laughs> Say again? Snowy Cornwall. <laughs> Very
0: snowy. It's a little bit snowy here. It is freezing and I hear you've just come back from a CrossFit workout.
1: Yes, literally, like in the last half an hour. <laughs>
0: Exhausting. Yeah. Vomiting on the floor.
1: Yeah, well, not actual vomit. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was close just bile six rounds of really bad intervals so I'm just Ooh. like yeah. <laughs> and I've got tape on my on my fingers because I've got I like wore all the skin off the side of my fingers in the workout honestly like, really honestly
0: how you do CrossFit is beyond <laughs> me um, so the goal of today is to have an open and honest conversation about your mental health journey to get some insight into the tools and techniques that have helped you and available and accessible to other people by discussing your journey we hope to share and normalise conversations about mental health as often people are, are definitely not alone in in these experiences that sound good yeah cool Um, well first things first uh very easy we'd love to hear more about your mental health journey
1: that is like my my journey is massive (laughs) so it's going to be quite a long answer yeah please so basically i I honestly for a long time i didn't know i was struggling with mental health because i think the problem with depression is a lot of people think it means sad and i wasn't sad (laughs) Mm. i was like numb and and for because obviously so I have bipolar disorder and I found that out later on in like 2016 but I would have so quite of, recently yeah and yeah, yeah not too long ago um although it feels like a lifetime for me <laughs> yeah. but I'd have stints of depression but for me it wasn't necessarily sadness for the most part it was just numbness and like just low mood and like the inability mm. to do anything I would just like feel like I couldn't get up off the sofa out of bed yeah. um but I didn't feel desperately sad and then I would have periods of like this really high mood where mm. I just feel on top of the world go out and party like do all the things that I shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. drink loads get myself yeah. in really risky situations like yeah all of the things spend all mm. my money all of that
0: yeah. So, so basically no control whatsoever, no control. just just living on impulse. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. It's hard. And that, obviously I blamed myself because I thought these are decisions that I'm making. Like I, I thought, because obviously the perception of everybody when they're like doing all those risky behaviours is that it's their choice and they're mm. they're doing that to themselves. So it's their fault. So I had all this self-blame. And then it wasn't until like probably a few years of this happening, this constant up-down cycle, they started to worsen. And I think they started to worsen off the back of, I had to take um, some form of tranquilizer for um, a a neck thing that I had. Mm -hmm. And that, for some strange reason, sent me into what they called rapid cycling. So I was going up and down, but the episodes were getting worse and I was starting to get mixed episodes. So I'd end up with quite at this point really extreme depression where I was feeling desperately sad and Mm. suicidal and all of those feelings and then the mania at the same time and I was going out and partying and then all of a sudden my mental health would flip and I'd want to kill myself and I didn't know where it was coming from.
0: That must Um, be very scary.
1: Absolutely terrifying so yeah and I had like two two proper suicidal episodes one where I tried to throw myself in front of a train which was The first time I really, really, I know it seems mad, but that's Mm. when I realized there was something wrong and that I needed to do something. But again, after that, I was so depressed that I I didn't have the energy to do anything about it. I got um, restrained by the police and sent home with my mum and Mm. told off. And they also like told my mum off, like, we're not babysitters. You need to like keep your daughter inside or whatever. And they thought I was on drugs. I wasn't on drugs. I was manic. yeah, and then. And, obviously-
0: and, and, and that particular, you know, like you said, that attempt on the train, like that, that's a traumatic episode. Like, and yeah, it's. And-, the
1: doors were shut and I couldn't get through it though. So it wasn't like I actually threw myself in front of a train. I was just having these feelings and experiences, and someone had called the police as they were worried about me. Hmm. I was there, but I, I didn't do it.
0: <laughs> but I mean, but, but it, 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 even if you, if you, even if you don't do it, like, it's still traumatic and then like you said the next day reflecting on it not be able to get off the couch I mean no wonder like that must be an extremely difficult time and and was this were you at this time because because now you're involved in a lot of exercise weightlifting CrossFit were you doing that then so it was so so there was a transition point where 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 your life changed
1: yeah so I was so overweight I was about 18 stone probably Mm. at that point um like I loved sport when I was a kid, but I went to do an art degree and I've always had this conflict between art and sport in my life and mm. um, art had taken over and I just lost sport completely. Yeah. I think honestly, that was the start of my mental health starting to decline because I'd always needed it. And then, um, yeah, so I was over So that
0: balance, that balance yeah, was really needed for your head.
1: head. It was all completely off. Yeah. And then um, it wasn't that first suicidal episode that did it, it was the second one. Or um, I ended up then um, under the care of the mental health team. Mm. And one of the first things that they told me was that I could, I know it wasn't the first thing, they tried to medicate me with loads of stuff first, obviously. Mm. But mm. then after a while, when I was like, all these medications are not working, some of them are making me worse, some of them are making me better, but then it it's temporary. And they were like, well, while we're waiting to find something that works for you, you could try and do some lifestyle changes and like see if you can like balance out your eating, get into a sport sleep like seven to nine hours no more no less though and all those little things and Mm. I was like great like this is what I needed something that I can do like I now feel empowered that I can have some effect on my mental health Mm. went away did that three months later when I came back from my appointment was because obviously 12 week waiting list or whatever yeah yeah, it's Um, a long time and that's
0: half the issue right
1: exactly it's that's so hard but thankfully I went I didn't go the other way I came back three months later and I was remarkably better and I barely had a single episode and I'd lost two stone uh-huh. <laughs> and I'd started exercising and I'd started like like loving my body like caring for myself and trying to look after myself like I would like a younger sister or a best friend yeah. or a yeah. child yeah. And like feeding myself, all of the things that I needed, making sure I went to bed on time, like mm. literally giving myself a bedtime because sleep mm. is a massive trigger for my mental health. All of and, those
0: things. And and, yeah. and not even when you said feeding, it's it's not it's not always food, is it? It's what your body and mind needs. Like you said, a, a good bedtime, good quality sleep, less booze, yeah. good good high quality food, exercise, and all these things. Like you said, it, it's it it's amazing that that team you know, and I'm sure they, they say this to a lot of people, but what, what we're hearing across Psychic is that actually there are so many kind of basics that you can get right first yeah. to, and those things are easy to do relatively and free. That's the other thing yeah. as well. Like, you know, eating quality food, but it does, you know, and doing exercise and sleeping well, drinking more water, but it does take, it does take some element of motivation. And I, I'd be interested to know from, so prior to that point, Yeah you you said you were 18 stone and that was as as a result of of, of of sport coming out of your life and feeling it balanced but then as soon as someone said to you this is what to do you just switched around and then six weeks or no, 12 weeks later you said you lost you, you know dropped your stone you're exercising you feel more healthy and mental health feels better like did you need that someone to say that? Or, yeah. you know, and I think the question is, why couldn't you have done that before? And I don't mean to say that in a harsh way, because I've certainly, you know, I've certainly had my experience of ballooning up and down and it's yeah. hard to do it. So what, what was what was about that, that moment that said, I'm going to do this now?
1: Uh, a lot of a lot of things collided in one single month I think mm. I had um I've also struggled with eating disorders so I've had body dysmorphia since I was a teenager and bulimia I struggled with for quite a long time mm. and I knew that was something that it was getting worse and worse I need to sort that out so obviously with the bipolar diagnosis also came the eating disorder diagnosis and I knew that that was something that I had to work on i really like took it upon myself i had no other resort like i was suicidal like my life had yeah. in my head so yeah. i was completely rock bottom and i'm like i have to own this like this is yeah. i either get better or i die like there are no other, there's no other choices so i educated myself on nutrition and i looked up loads of youtube videos loads of people that had lost weight themselves and loads of people that have got back to health from eating disorders and um and I learned about calories and I learned about macros and I learned about fitness and how to like fuel your body so that you can get better, all those things. And then and also my sister um helped me start weightlifting and I that was something that I I'd, I'd never tried. Mm. And they had like a home gym and she did some like deadlifts and squats before. And her husband now is um he was an SNC coach at the time and he okay. did a lot of weightlifting. They all do CrossFit together with me now. But yeah, they got me into the gym, and it was like a couple of weeks before that, they told me you need to make some lifestyle changes. And I knew Wait. at that point, I had to do that, but I didn't know how I was going to do that. Mm. So then that came at the right moment and I started seeing these videos of like obese to Beast. You can look him up. He's quite good. Mm -hmm. He's lost a huge amount of weight and I saw his before photos as where I was. Mm. And I'm like, well, it's possible. And I figured out how he did it. And then all of these things just came together. And then that's, that's what I did. So I didn't have all that information before. I didn't have a sport that I really enjoyed. And then that moment I did. And yeah, they just—it was just a happy accident. Yeah, I started seeing this like positive, like upward spiral.
0: So, so, so actually, in that respect, so it before that, you knew a lot of these things, but you weren't quite sure how to kind of channel still, all of them.
1: It, it was a process of educating myself. Yeah, yeah, like, and I read a couple of books as well, and they started talking about these lifestyle changes, like books about bipolar. But I, I just, I've always liked to educate myself. Like I've got a load of qualifications. Obviously I've got a PhD and a degree, yeah. I love reading books. And I just feel like knowledge is power and knowledge has helped me do so many things in my life. And obviously yes. my degree is in making stuff and I learn everything that I can about a certain material. Like the temperature it melts at, like mm. how you can pour it, how you can cast it, all those things. So I just mm. applied my love of knowledge and learning to what I had to do with my body to change my life mm. at that time so i didn't really know those things but i learned those things yeah. in a very short space of time but
0: but, but it's amazing and i it, and it, it sounds like you, did you apply that level of i suppose when you have the you have those manic episodes yeah do you apply that level of kind of in some respects energy and enthusiasm and just dive into and actually when you when you apply mania
1: we had a bit of an uplo- upward swing of mania yeah well,
0: i was gonna say uh, yeah. i mean it, it, it's, a, it's a very good thing when you apply mania to yeah. self-care doesn't it? Because then you turn into like some, you know, Greek goddess. You know what I mean? Like completely pure in every way. And and I suppose as well, it's everything self reinforcing, isn't it? So when you start to feel better, you kind of think, oh, hold on, I'm not going to go back to what I was doing. And it yeah. sounds like a lot of those kind of patterns and habits in your head probably were quite broken quite quickly. Yeah. Or or, di- or did they yeah. linger?
1: As well this is what's so mad about it it's because i'm so obsessed with this like mm-hmm. cycle of self improvement i'm yeah. still fixing loads of other things that have been going yeah. wrong in my life for so long like yeah even in the last couple of months like i've made huge steps to sort of fix that like, as you say broken patterns and things yeah. that, like because i've got obviously on sas i talked about my history with abusive relationships and that mm-hmm. has had a huge impact on me and that yeah. probably played quite a big part into why my mental health got so bad because i felt worthless and like yeah. it, like i was embarrassing and hard to be around and difficult and all this sort of stuff and i hadn't realized until recently since my new boyfriend who yeah died and obviously who gives you
0: a feeling of self-worth
1: yeah and he's yeah. really emotionally aware as well and obviously works in a mental health school like me so kind of really understands mental health and mm. all the ins and outs and has taught me that I'm not difficult and I'm actually really easy to be around and all of these things i believed about myself because of these horrible relationships are actually not true Mm. (laughs) so I've started to now recognize that I've started to tackle those thoughts when they come into my head I've started to notice notice all those intrusive thoughts and go no that's not true because he doesn't think that they don't think that um, and I recognize they're not my voice, they're somebody else's voice, and I'm what I'm doing is I'm continuing to attack myself with a voice of somebody that's long
0: gone, yeah. so
1: I refuse to stop doing that to myself now, and like over the last couple of months, I've seen more progress in that, so it's kind of an obsession, Yeah. <laughs> it's feeding back into itself all the time, but it's making me so much happier
0: yeah and, and it's interesting I, I think you know I, I've heard I've heard this several times across some of the episodes that we have is that people often talk about that kind of other person or that past self or that you know inner child whatever it was so yeah. those negative thoughts like and the voices or the whatever thoughts are, are coming at you yeah. you can start to say oh, hold on no I don't I choose not to listen to that like f- fair enough that's a voice but there's 10 other voices in my head which yeah. are saying positive things. And do you know what? I'm choosing that actually those positive things are the things not only that I want to hear, but I actually going to believe because that's what I'm experiencing in my day-to-day life. And it, and I think it must have been very, very hard, especially when you're in an abusive relationship to be able to even fight against those, that not only that negative self-talk, but also the actual negative talk that's coming at you from, from the external. Yeah. In, into your head.
1: I didn't fight against it really i just took it as fact for a long long time Uh, it was which is bullying
0: that is that it's awful disgusting bullying
1: Mm -hmm. but i had i had no and this is why i started talking about it more recently because i had no knowledge of what an abusive relationship looks like and honestly from childhood my models of relationships weren't that great because i've been surrounded by like kind of volatile models of relationships so I assumed that that's what love was yeah. and when that came into my life like stability looked boring to me and that volatile stuff looked like love so that's what I kept going for oh, and I felt like I didn't deserve the like calm like supportive like exactly what I have now I yeah I felt like I didn't deserve it and I wasn't worthy of it and i was
0: wrong <laughs> but but i i suppose i he said like you didn't deserve it like you didn't think you deserved it but you also didn't recognize you, you thought it was boring you yeah. thought that was the kind of, God, I don't want my life to be like that. You know, the kind of, you know, the 2.4 children and this and that. And, but actually. Oh
1: my God, that's another thing. Like, so I didn't think I wanted it. Basically, because mm. it, I didn't think I deserved that, that like loving, happy, like, I don't know. Like there's some, there was something painful to me about that. And I just couldn't deal with it. And I'd resigned myself to never having kids, never getting married, never doing any of those things, never buying a house, which I'm now sitting in a house that I own with my Amazing. partner.
0: Amazing amazing
1: (laughs) which has happened over the last year but that's all because of these horrible abusive relationships and this weird like pattern of love that I've built up in my head and I've had to progressively dismantle all of those and that's honestly a knock-on effect of having this battle with mental health earlier on like in 2016 and realizing that I can have an effect on my own life and my own thought patterns and I can sort of learn and problem solve around Mm. all these things that I deal with
0: And also it's not that you, you only, you have a choice to participate in that. Like you are the only one who can actually change it. It It's your life, isn't it? And it it comes down to that question, you know, like you said, you know, especially when you were, you you said you, you, you're struggling with suicidal thoughts. It's like, do I want to live or die? Okay. I choose to live. Okay. How do I want to live? Do I want to live? Like I've been living or in terms of like, you know, suffering abusive relationships Um, or do I, make a choice to say okay well it's going to be very hard to disentangle myself with not only the thoughts but the relationships themselves because you know you know I don't have experience of being in a abusive relationship but it's you know from what I understand it's horrendous and disentangling yourself from that especially if you st- st- stay living in the same area with the same friends it's very difficult yeah. so changing your life to that degree takes a lot of courage and a lot of motivation yeah. which it sounds like you have applied in in spades
1: yeah that is what's difficult as well as people around you are you being in a certain way and you changing can be very hard for people but I I don't know I'm putting myself first now my happiness like means more than what other people want me to be I find that a lot of other people are more comfortable when I'm smaller and more like quieter but I'm not going to do that anymore because that doesn't make me happy being that crushed person does not make
0: me happy and and, and frankly any person who wants to see their friend as a smaller quieter version isn't really a friend
1: yeah
0: I'm really I mean I'm, I'm sorry if people are listening you have friends like that but no like the point is is you've got to stand up tall and you know look after yourself and stand up for yourself and because that's an empowered human being an individual and that's the kind of people you kind of want kind of battling in the world in in a good way
1: and this is why it's so important to talk about all of this because me back then I would not have realized that that is what I was supposed to feel I thought I don't know I thought I was supposed to be this way that I was and I was supposed to stay small and Mm -hmm. judge myself on all of the actions that I did and the things that I wore and any of the choices I made like but no, like no. I do I want to be. And yeah. it's, you talk about the, the like, when I was suicidal, there's a thing that I did, I like thought about, I pretended to myself that in that moment where I was suicidal, that I had killed myself. And then it, that was the point point. and the rest of my life, I got to choose what I did with it. And it was like, that part of your life is over. You've completely like deleted that person you were. Mm-hmm. Now you start again. And that's how I've looked at my life from then onwards so okay so, so
0: yeah so in some sense it's almost like a kind of a metaphorical suicide where you are yeah. saying that that you know and, and perhaps you know without using the word suicide you know turning that into something that maybe people who aren't experiencing suicide suicidal feelings will relate to is that that chapter is very firmly closed
1: yes and yes. it's never exactly.
0: being opened again
1: exactly
0: that yeah. book is over and i've burnt the bloody book
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I did and like anytime I I looked at what had happened I refused to be hard on myself for anything that happened in that chapter because there were so many things that I was fighting against and I didn't understand what was going on and so I forgave myself for everything that I did because a lot of the stuff that I had done in that part of my life I judged myself very heavily for doing because mania can do a lot to a person Mm. and yeah i refuse to judge myself for that anymore and i was like no you're a new person from now mm. on. what you do now is what you you can choose what you do and that that's how i am who yeah. i am today because i've made those decisions
0: and and, and do you find i think in terms of practical and actually you know in some respects relating to your experience so i've got a particularly unhealthy relationship with food always have done yeah attacks it with the kind of, you know, you know, with some of the methods that you suggest, but realize that actually, those thought patterns, or those kind of pathways in my head are actually probably the hardest things to unpick that I can, I, I can ever do. And actually, I've realized now that I can manage it better than unpick it, the unpick it is actually very, very difficult, I'm finding. So the man, so, so, it, so, in terms of that, where we said about that, chapter of your life closing and the book being burned actually yes. are there still some very deep set things which linger which you still have to cope with and manage
1: yes yeah like the food stuff that's been something i've been working on for a very long time and i still mm. am like for, so i didn't eat a lot of vegetables for a long period of my life i grew up on a farm so we ate huge quantities of vegetables huge, huge quantities of food yeah. but it was all very healthy so then when i transitioned to living on my own and going yeah. to work, all I did was cook the same quantities, but in pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pasta like, and cheese. Yeah, pasta and cheese. And do you know
0: what? It tastes really, good. It tastes yeah, good.
1: Really good. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I put on all the weight. Yeah, so yeah. I, I start and I hated vegetables, but I had to, I treated myself as I would a kid and progressively introduced vegetables one by one into my diet. Mm. And What are your favourites? Uh, what, my favourite vegetables? Yeah, is, I want to know. I don't think I have any. I put spinach in everything, but I just. Okay. Get, uh, I I love, really like mushrooms. I've always. Oh, liked mushrooms. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much hated most vegetables, and I just started. Like now I have like seven different vegetables in most meals. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. So it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but,
1: yeah.
0: But, but I think like in terms of, um, you know, I certainly don't don't know, but I mean, we went, my wife had um, um, gestational diabetes and yeah. uh, uh, when, our, when our first child was born and we went to an NHS dietitian and they were, they brought out a plate and they, you know, for me, I was like pasta takes up like that much of the plate, but they're like, no, it's a handful of pasta. Half of the plate should be the veggies. Yeah, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, that's what I saw half the plate. Yeah, uh, for me pretty much. Yeah, and that's that, that,
0: that, that's not what you're taught, is it?
1: No, like we don't. I think we should be taught that. Obviously, I work yeah. and I feel like that should be really deeply embedded, but I don't think it is. I think there's work to do there. But mm. uh, it's about so what I do with pasta is a really good example because I still eat a lot of pasta, but I take the serving size that's on the bag, I measure mm. that out, and I put that in. And then I put all the sauces in and I use a, a, sorry, a protein. So it's either like a tin of tuna per person or a chicken breast per person or something else. And then on top of that, if I want to make the meal bigger, which obviously I always do because I'm a very hungry person, I have to use veg. So I just pile it with veg. Just pile
0: on veg, yeah. yeah.
1: And honestly, I end up with these massive portions that, most regular people I don't think could eat because they're huge. I like but, regular, like Tupperware to work, and people are like, "Oh my god, how much do you eat?" But I'm like, I know full well that what I'm eating here is less calories than like one of your sandwiches. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and, and actually, and it's and it's better for you as well. It's all natural and
1: getting all the nutrients in that I need. Like, and I'm keeping myself full, and I'm not like spending all of those calories that I need throughout the day in one mm. meal and that was really important for me because balance was really hard. Yeah. I would not eat not eat not eat not eat and then I would binge and mm. that was that was hard. So I still to this day really struggle if I miss a meal if I'm like out and about and I forget to have lunch or I don't really forget, but like lunch is not accessible either. I always bring like emergency snacks with me um, because if I miss lunch, then that's, I'm fully at risk of a binge and then like purging all of that sort of stuff can come Mm. with it. So yeah, I still like maintain like a solid food routine and, I don't have to track calories. I can eat like intuitively, but yeah. my, I'm doing a cut, so it's a bit different, so I am tracking calories now. But learning about calories taught mm. me about food, and it yeah. also taught me that when I am maintaining my weight, I also need to eat enough. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. I can't, it can't always be about the lowest calorie option. It's yeah. got to be like, this is the amount of calories I need in a day, so I must eat that much, mm. otherwise... I just try and starve myself and that's not healthy. <laughs> it's not. And sometimes,
0: but it goes against what kind of, I kind of, I'm not sure it's what we're told, but what I kind of get a sense, I don't know if it's from advertising or whatever it is, yeah. but, you know, the kind of default is if I finish a meal hungry, that's good. Yeah. No,
1: that's, but isn't it? It, I like, want to be stuffed full. Yeah.
0: It, 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 you know, actually like to to be stuffed full or to be full yeah. of good things is sits uncomfortably with a lot of people
1: yeah. because they think I've
0: eaten too much. Well, no, no, you haven't.
1: So, like, even down to my family, they think I eat too much. Like, my mum sees the portions I eat and she's like, that can't be good for you. I'm like, mum, have you seen what's in my food? Mm, like, yeah. it's loads of that. She says, exactly the amount of calories that I need for this meal. Like, of course it's good for me. Mm. But because they come from that generation of all of these weird fad diets yeah, yeah. where you only really learn stuff from books and newspapers and magazines... I think everything was like super sensationalized so like my nan is a big fan of like Atkins and like will never eat carbs and and mum has gone like really low fat and they've Mm. all the eating disorders kind of behaviors are fully threaded in my family yeah yeah that that's part of what kind of bred it into me and I again had to dismantle all of that and understand what real nutrition is about
0: mm. and and do you, and do you see i'll be interested because you you're within the, the kind of crossfit community but also kind of the weightlifting the gym community as well because you know we we talk you know there's a lot of talk around you know eating disorders when it comes to to females yeah. Less so with males, although there is more now. We had Freddie Flintoff come out you know, a year ago, which I couldn't yeah. believe when I heard saying he struggled with an eating disorder.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: what an, what an amazing thing to come out and say. Do you find within that community that there are a lot of... there there are a lot of men men, blokes you know who actually you think actually have very similar patterns of behaviors and frankly have undiagnosed eating disorders.
1: Yeah there are there definitely are some but I think it is slightly less common in men because they are more brought up to like eat to fuel yourself and they're always like Mm. sporty like I feel like men in schools like they're always taught to be sporty or like celebrated when you like eat enough when you eat right
0: that's interesting yeah
1: great appetite but if a girl's got a great appetite which was me that's a bad thing so i think
0: it's a good point
1: i think men generally don't but i think in sports there can be that especially when they're trying to do a cut for a weightlifting competition like there's a lot of very unhealthy ways to lose weight and then there's definitely a whole lot of body dysmorphia in stuff like bodybuilding i know yeah. that's well, it has to
0: be right it's always for me that's the, the natural state for bodybuilding like because yeah. very very fine-tuned isn't it
1: yeah definitely and like I think personally I've experienced uh, like my body's morphia being amplified by the fact that I went from being so big to being so small very quickly Mm. and I think that must have an effect on your body when you're like cutting down from a show so fast I don't really know that much about it though but I know there's Mm. definitely there's definitely those issues and then in CrossFit maybe if there are eating disorders it's more towards the kind of orthorexia so there's um definitely a lot of food rules that go on and especially in like early crossfit there was a lot of like paleo and like the zone diet and not eating like processed carbs but i think now with like matt fraser being like the top guy and has been for so long and you can like look up exactly what he eats because his wife posts all of his meals and he's eating like cinnamon swirls and like pies and he doesn't skimp on carbs. So I think that is a good thing. There's like that encourages people to eat enough. And he was like smashing tubs of Ben and Jerry's in his year when he won it. So yeah.
0: And, and if, if anyone hasn't watched CrossFit and you know, I am not a CrossFitter, but my wife and I love the CrossFit game documentaries, watch Matt Fraser. One, he's got a hell of a personality. But secondly, the stuff that guy can do and also you know, tier to me,
1: yeah, she's
0: the, amazing. Uh, the stuff that these, you know, the, you know, the part of your CrossFit community that these people do, it is yeah. staggering. Like One um, of my favorite,
1: Tara Saunders, like she's quite okay. small, but she lifts such heavy weights, like it's insane, and her legs are so big. And I think part of like. Seeing like CrossFit females that are more muscular, I think that's helped women be more empowered to want to be strong. And yeah, like, yeah. I want to have legs like Clara, like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's so certainly I, I've certainly no- noticed so over the last, I suppose, like 20 years, yeah. a trend, a trend which is away from very thin to actually to... Very athletic and very yeah. muscular as well. Lot yeah. of abs, lot of legs. You know, lots of arms and upper body. And actually, that kind of balancing out seems to be, you know, it, it, like you said, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a view and an emphasis and perception of we are strong. We yeah. are we are strong people, which is amazing.
1: Yeah. I had, like, a huge thing about my legs when I was younger. Like, I hated them. I remember really vividly, I used to try and not, like, let my legs sit down on a chair because they'd, like, squish outwards. Mm. I remember, like, trying so hard not to do that because I didn't want them to look fat. Mm. And then, like, when I got into weightlifting, they were, like, big legs is cool. and Yeah. Strong, were- strong base. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like, super proud of my huge quads, but I never would have thought that. And I've got massive calves as well. I've always had massive calves. Mm. And, like, People are like envious of having big calves. I've yeah. never—I literally—I had—I wanted to cut them off when I was a kid. I was like, can like, can you get like calf removal? Yeah. And then he explained to me you actually need calves to like cut calf- to like walk to and walk, yeah, and, like, yeah. and do stuff. And I'm like good at jumping, like I've yeah, Olympic weightlift without calves, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's mad to know that that's kind of admired now, and I wish I'd had that. I wish I'd seen women from CrossFit when I was teenager yeah. that much tackled the body dysmorphia a bit better
0: and do you find that as a teacher now and working are you in primary or secondary
1: uh it's both i work in a school so it's uh primary and secondary and secondary so the whole so the whole
0: age range up until like
1: different ages in the Mm. same group but
0: yeah and do you find though are you so some of the, the you know a lot of the wisdom that you're 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 talking about now that you've learned only in the last few years are you starting to you know support the young you know those younger kids and younger generation almost as if like how you would want to have been supported back then to kind of love themselves and celebrate themselves and support themselves
1: yeah I think I'm in a really good position as an art teacher where we can I definitely say to my students all the time like in this room you can be who you are you don't need to be ashamed of who you are and like in the last couple of weeks I had a scenario with that where a kid was like really into something that he was quite ashamed of being into and I'm like Mm. no like you do whatever you want to do if you're into that that's fine like within this room make art about whatever you want to Mm. but I think outside of art it's hard to have an impact because I can't say anything about the like fitness side of things or like the food because I'm an art teacher and I don't think I would like to be listened to a little bit more maybe right. and say like kids need to learn about healthy eating because I really believe that and I also believe that sport should be super inclusive and we mm-hmm. should be helping kids find something that they enjoy not just celebrating the kids that are like good at football or whatever yeah. it should be I, th- I feel like fitness and nutrition should all be about health In schools,
0: but I feel like I can't have an impact on that because I'm an art teacher. But the thing is, yeah, but it's amazing. But the fact that you even bring that up suggests that in the schools that not necessarily that you're working at, but schools in general, that isn't a focus. I mean, frankly, they've been saying this for like, you know, you know, what you've been saying, you know, what you said about, you know, making sport more inclusive, having healthy eating, having, you know, you know, uh, understanding, you know, basic emotional skills, empathy, etc. Like, this is stuff that, you know, we've been talking about for 10 years, you know, or more. And I know that a lot of schools are starting to do that. But the fact that you're even saying it, I mean, suggests that actually, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. It's all yeah. on the side still.
1: Yeah, yeah. That is true. I think that's the real key into like tackling all of this, all of the issues with eating disorders and mental health in general. Actually, because I think a lot of people find better mental health through fitness, and yeah, I think if we can help those kids that try and get a sick note for PE every week. to find something that they enjoy doing that could really tackle like the mental health crisis.
0: Yeah absolutely and frankly there is a crisis, you don't need the pandemic, you didn't need the pandemic for there to be a crisis, the crisis was here.
1: Yeah exactly. You know the
0: pandemic has exacerbated the crisis but when the pandemic starts to ease, there's still going to be a crisis and the fact is is given all of our kids well okay the majority will go through mainstream education or alternate provision or mental health support services that is a perfect funnel for these very like you said very basic life skills for that knowledge yeah. to be imparted so that people can start to take control of their own lives right
1: i think this is another reason why it's so important and i'm always thinking of like the young like men and women seeing my posts, the teenagers seeing my post because mm. I think social media can be so powerful but it can also be so negative yeah a lot of the mental health of the, like the younger the kids can be caused by social media and self-comparison and Mm. the really awful stuff that we've seen on tiktok lately like the a4 challenge where like girls are trying to be thinner than an a4 piece of paper like that stuff is insane and i think the way we tackle that is we have to also tackle it with social media because Mm. i think adults i think there's a lot of there's an issue at the moment with maybe adults and teachers and just people saying i don't understand social media so i'm just going to let them do whatever they want to do on that Mm. platform and like no like we need to be in there we need to see what they're looking at and tackle it head on because if we don't do that their mental health is going to get worse and worse and i I feel like there's too much fear around what they're doing on social media and there's all of these like unregulated platforms now like discord where you can post anything and share anything uh, And like tiktok can be so toxic and then yeah there needs to be more transparency like the parents need to be able to know what these kids yeah and and i think encouraging
0: those kind of conversations with kids with your kids with 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 with, with whoever with the younger generation is important because you actually start to understand how they feel and perhaps perhaps we can be the the voices where you say well actually you don't you know that you know what you're feeling isn't you know yes it's valid but it doesn't you don't need you know you you have a choice you know you yeah. have a choice not to look at this you have a choice or even to k- show them um like
1: uh, your own feed sort of thing like exactly you on your feed that makes you feel more positive yeah. like pictures like we didn't have a choice when we were growing up about magazines with like all these skinny people like mm. fill your feed with bodies that look like your body so you feel better and all the fashion stuff that you see is stuff that will fit your body like mm-hmm. i found that's helped me so much yeah yeah but, yeah like teaching that i think that's helpful
0: <laughs> so so a question on that so when you do that i assume that especially if, if you're a public figure public profiles that there are people out there known as trolls yes who can come and be frankly abusive bullies. <laughs> so i mean first of all i'm so sorry because it's horrendous but h- how do you deal with that because i know perhaps some you know, you know people listening you know they may need to deal with it themselves how do you deal with it because it's that's horrendous mm.
1: it's really hard and i it'd be silly of me to say that it doesn't affect me because it does mm. on my bad days if i see a comment that's like you're fat, you're disgusting or like something like that. I do massively internalize that, but I'm really trying hard not to, but I have recognized recently and the trolling escalated dramatically when the pandemic hit. And that made me realize that that was angry people and upset people that are struggling in themselves, trying to vent and trying to attack someone else to make them feel better. So that's what I try and recognise with every comment that I get. I'm like, that is a sad person. That is someone that's struggling and they want to attack me because I probably represent something that makes them feel a little bit insecure about something with them. Yeah. So that's where it's coming from. And yeah. Is it like, (laughs) yeah. So
0: would you engage with them? To try, yeah, to, to try and almost like to kind of garner some empathy where they're like, oh, actually, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I <laughs> so was going to say.
1: My uh, engaging with them is more like publicly posting it so my followers can go and have a go back.
0: <laughs> right. So it, it is warfare.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I've yeah. realised that that's not particularly healthy for me anyway. Yeah. That helped me a little bit because I felt like what they're saying is not true. And the people that have a go at them, they they like me for who I am and they don't believe what they're saying about me that in that way but when I realize that that person that's commenting is probably somebody that is struggling I'm like maybe that Mm -hmm. is kind of fueling them too it's kind of I think that's what they're seeking they're seeking arguments and something that I don't know like fighting they're, tr- they're they're fighting with people but like um, you
0: said it's motivated by something something yeah. something insecure within themselves and and and, and do you find that because i'm interested like if if you were to advise some of your you know you know some of your kids or you're saying i've got this feed yeah. and i want to post this or whatever like you know uh, how's best to engage is it best to ignore is it best to like you said like what you know talk about it talk about how you're feeling with it and like you say acknowledge that that person who's actually saying that horrible thing actually is probably very sad with them with themselves
1: yeah so i'm still figuring out to be honest but my current strategy is to delete any negativity yeah yeah and i've also so take
0: control of it
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like my attitude now, and I learned this off somebody else actually. She's called Chloe and she's she's amazing. She's a fashion blogger, but I did a podcast with her actually recently. And she was saying that it's she was like, It's my platform and I get to choose who gets to view it. And she actually Mm. um her platform is for females that wanna dress up in whatever they want to dress, and she is like a mid-sized girl, and she gets a lot of hate from people men that are like that's not attractive I don't find you attractive and she's like my platform's for women so yeah. what she does and I don't know if you'll agree with this or not but she doesn't allow men to follow her yeah. she's yeah. like if she sees a man following her she's like no like she'll like block him or make him yeah. follow her or whatever but it's people her choice are- right yeah, it's yeah. her and She's like, I know who my platform's for and I don't want them on my platform either because they're like eyeing me up or because they're going to say something horrible. So yeah. Yeah. I'm reserving my platform for women and that's, that's my choice and I was like shit like that's maybe I need to do that yeah but yeah not, not to that extent because my platform is for anybody really but if there's people being negative I have every right to be like my platform's not mm, for you yeah. if I'm gonna be like that I get to remove you because this is what this is my platform
0: yeah and
1: yeah so that's now what I do with my YouTube and I do with my yeah. Instagram and I turned off all of my comments for everybody that wasn't following me yes yeah which I found really helpful, and I've also blocked loads of keywords like "fat" and "disgusting." I've blocked the vomit emoji, like okay. <laughs> everything.
0: <laughs> and, and and it's awesome to know as well that you know these the social media platforms allow you to do that as well. But yeah. it's I mean, frankly, I, I didn't I didn't know. You. Say again.
1: Someone from Instagram messaged me because they saw me that they saw that I was uh, getting all this hate, and they were like, "You do you know you can do this?" And they talked me through it, and I'm oh, so sure they did that. But yeah.
0: But I mean, that's amazing. I, mean, I certainly didn't know that. And the fact is that anyone listening, you, you know, you can do that. You can take control. And it seems like that, the, you know, the, 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 the running theme of our chat today is about taking control and actually, but then in order to take control, you need to have that confidence or a burst of confidence, even if it's for two days
1: yeah. to make love, those changes. I love the whole, I don't know where I got that from. I think it was oh, there's a TED talk that is Mm. like, you have to like fake confidence or fake bravery for 10 seconds. And I took that into my life and like ran with it. And it's how I got into the gym. It's how I've done a lot of things. But It's just like, it's taking that
0: first step, isn't
1: it? Yeah. And then you kind of like roll with it after that. So I used to do like a fair amount of public speaking and I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I signed up for it, but I knew it was something I wanted to do. And obviously it's something I do more now. But I was always shaking and so nervous and i'm like just be brave for 10 seconds just walk through that door and say the first couple of words mm. and then after that i was fine and it's happened that's happened in job interviews it's happened with youtube videos it's happened
0: yeah. with everything. so and it's, it's funny it's like uh, whenever you start to do either public speaking or a uh, job interview or a test or whatever especially involving people as you approach that door metaphorically speaking if it's over zoom whatever it is yeah. This, this, the, the negative self-talk starts going, I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, blah, 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 blah. Actually, you take that step through. Actually, what you're doing is almost taking a step over that self-talk. And you're getting out on that stage and realizing that people here are not, to, not here to, to, you know, everyone in the orders isn't a troll. They're, yeah. here, they're, they're here to cause they want to they're listen to you. Who
1: I am really like most yeah. time, like they probably don't even care. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but yeah, but
1: they
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're here because they're interested in something. Yeah. They're not here to judge. You know, my mum always said that. You know, I was in a very very amateur band, and I got so nervous before going out on stage. And I was a drummer, so I was at the back anyway. And she said to me, she goes, "Everyone here is all your friends and family. We don't want you to fail." I was like, oh, fair point." Yeah. and and, but to me it was judgment every wrong stick movement
1: yeah
0: I would think that yeah I was like thinking the whole room hates me yeah (laughs) they're all about to leave and like but it's not the case and you've got there's so much going on in there which you do need to start to really kind of process like you said that journey of kind of self you know uh, that transformation kind of self-discovery is really important
1: Yeah, it is. Like, I I have a bit of a stutter when I'm anxious. Hmm. And I started to kid myself into the fact that it's gone. And it hasn't gone, actually. Like, I thought it had gone. Because what I do is I sort of bulldoze it when it happens. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I just keep going. And I I don't think anybody really notices. But I've noticed that it's not gone. Because when I go back to edit my videos, I still have a stutter. And i the stutter. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this whole time, it's still been there. I've just stopped noticing.
0: I think the the reason I'm laughing is because I I, I have something similar and and it does come and the bulldozing I love the bulldozing because for me it amplifies it so if I'm studying on a B and let's say I'm using the word bulldozer i kind of go bulldozer and it's kind of like (laughs)
1: yeah it's kind of
0: like you know I've literally burst through that door I need to learn you how you maybe calmly step through that that door (laughs) (laughs) my face scrunches up I'm like "Mm." (laughs) hmm
1: No, I, I I amp up the energy after I've said it. I like I just use it as like, oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> it be this energetic. Teaching because it really grabs their attention. But yeah, I, I bet.
0: <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask was um, about the. So it sounds like what where you've come from is from a life of of like you said of imbalance and neg- and negativity external yeah. internal and you've come to a place where you've got a much better balance it seems like you've got a lot more things that nourish your mind and soul yeah in your life um what when things do because i assume it's not all plain sailing and there you do have bad days like what tools and tips and techniques help you along your way
1: oh my god so much um So at the moment I am actually getting counselling because I've got I've got PTSD which is something that I'm also really struggling with. I feel like I've got so many labels, but labels I hate people that hate labels. It's diagnosis help you figure out what's going on so you yeah. can tackle it. Yeah. That's what I yeah. Anyway, that... Counselling for that and that is something that's really helping me like mm. investigate my own thought patterns. I journal a lot and I've realised that through that like voicing what I'm feeling kind of helps me like validate my own feelings and understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling and also tackle it um but I was so uncomfortable with my own feelings to begin with like Mm. before in fact the pandemic has changed me because I was one of those people that kept myself busy all the time because I was so scared if I stopped I would just like this flood of feelings would come Mm. over me and I had to stop and that did happen (laughs) and yeah, and then that was the start of this journey. The, the PTSD got worse and worse, yeah. and I started seeking all of this help. And the counselling has helped me through that. And then I've also started trying to seek, like, really calming activities. So things that make me feel good, like I drink herbal tea, like yeah. I stretch. I try and make my environment really nice and warming and cosy.
0: Colourful uh, as well, we were talking about earlier as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, like, obviously, I've moved house, and I'm looking ignore the blue behind me that is going to change but would ignore
0: you... the red behind me <laughs>
1: <laughs> it used to be the red that you have there and now oh. the bedroom is a, a calm green as i call it i right, yeah. kind of just make my environment really calming and not judging whatever that is so one really interesting thing is i have always hated kids films and i think this is part of this weird trauma that i have around the idea of children or having children or just kids in general because there's something there that was painful for me and now i realize that i love kids and i actually love kids movies (laughs) and i think it was because my idea of like that like love and like cozy feeling Mm. was like oh because i felt like i didn't have that Mm. so Yeah, I feel like now I can watch all of that mushy stuff because I actually enjoy it. And I watched Madagascar the other night and it's just great film. You know, it's so good. But there's all of these like kids films that I've missed out on because I I, I felt like icky and like gross and uncomfortable for me. And Mm. now I find them really like warming and like warm and fuzzy and yeah, that's a calming activity i brought in my life and I'm now not judging whether I wanna watch a kid's film.
0: Yeah, but, but actually, like you said, like that that not only is a calming activity, but also it's a validation of how far you've come. You said, so previously you've watched these films, you're like, you know, if the film's about love or family, you're like, oh no, like, whereas now the fact that you're watching it, one, it brings you joy, excitement, you know, you know, positive feelings, but at the same time, the fact that you watch it suggests that you are in a warm and fuzzy place, which yeah, is amazing.
1: I'm healing. It's a sign yeah. that I'm healing and I'm getting to where I should be. Yeah. It's yeah. It's been such a huge journey. And and weirdly the pandemic has been a huge part of that but mm. I'm kind of thankful that I had that time. I had to let all those feelings flood in because yeah. now I can deal with my own feelings. <laughs> yeah, but, well, journaling but is honestly, one of the most helpful things. I do it all the time. Yeah, and is any
0: particular type of journaling? Because we on our on, on our app, which we'll talk yeah. about, we'll talk a little bit about at the end. You know, yeah. there's choices of gratitude journaling, just you know, talking about your day. We've got a journaling program. Is there anything particular that worked for you in terms of that journaling?
1: Literally, I just start with the words I feel like and then Mm. dump everything because I feel like I can't, sometimes I struggle to work out what's going on unless I write it or say it. Mm. So yeah, at the moment, that's what it is. I have so many different kinds of journals. I do have like a journal that's supposed to be more positive, but I have... This is something I'm gonna tackle because I know it's an issue. But I have a problem with gratitude journaling, and I think (laughs) it's one of those things that feels icky for me. But also, I think it's the issue with like toxic positivity, and I feel like Mm. if I go into that, I might try and shame myself into being positive about stuff when I feel negative, and Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I want to validate my feelings, so I don't want to go all you have all these positive things in your life so you've got yeah. no reason to be sad like stop being sad because you should be grateful mm. that's how I feel that I would do it so at the moment that's not something yeah. I do, but I, it's something I need to tackle because it can be helpful
0: it's, it can be but also at the same time it's the acknowledgement that there are a lot of kind of tools and techniques for mental health that can help people but not all of the work for everyone like like you said gratitude journey is popular for some people but for you it doesn't work that's cool that doesn't matter yeah. like you know some people like meditation some people find it boring
1: I tried that recently yeah and do you like, like it yes um yeah. some of it yeah like, some of it was like uncomfortable and I had some times where it was really bad and I had like one night where I just had this wave of feelings overtake me and I left feeling like really negative but the majority of the time it's really calmed me down and i found like the kind of body scan one and they're like "When well, we just focus on your breathing but don't try and control your breathing and i may yeah. need it before i go to sleep that's really helpful um i've also discovered have you heard of asmr
0: <laughs> hold on As- uh, hold on is that it's the that- sensory
1: yeah where like- you
0: where you look at some- hold, it's visual and, sen- and audio isn't it
1: yeah well it's mostly audio so it's yeah. like uh, some people, I don't really understand it very well, but people that have it, you feel like a tingle, like a yes, yes down your neck when they play certain sounds. I have that anyway. I didn't really know what it was. So I Googled it. It was like, what is ASMR? That sounds really weird. Yeah. The on it? And they were like, we're going to find out if you have ASMR. So. Anyway, they played this stuff and I'm like, oh my God, this is really calming. <laughs> I am
0: tingling everywhere. Yeah,
1: my neck's tingling, I feel really sleepy. Yeah. And then I just found like, uh, no, I was just looking for something that would help me sleep. Cause I, like, I really like a good wind down routine cause sleep is something that's really important to me mm. for my mental health. And um, one of them popped up, it was like ASMR, wind down sleep music. And I'm like, play.
0: <laughs> the dream.
1: <laughs> oh my God, literally. I was like, I'll just listen to it while I'm like journaling and uh, my boyfriend came upstairs and I had fallen asleep with my pen and my journal in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: I am feeling
1: I don't bother with the journaling. I just put
0: that on and I fall asleep. Yeah, but it is amazing how many things are out there. And like you said, I ASMR mean, S- is something that I came across. And actually, I-, I typed it into YouTube, and my God, there's a lot of ASMR videos. Oh, like it's a lot
1: really weird stuff too. <laughs> a lot of
0: really weird stuff. But look, if it works, then. Who am I to judge, right? Like the whole point is is what I want and what you want is people to find the tools that that work for you to find the balance in their life that have helped you to find the good relationships in their life that, that, that have helped you to find to find that positivity and that self-love and self-worth, which has helped you. That's amazing. And like, you know, your, 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 journey, like you said, it only started, you said in 2016, like that's like four and a half years, like almost coming up to five years. That's, that's amazing progress. And you know, I, you know, it's amazing to talk to you. Like you are so positive. And I can't even imagine you like you, ha- how you said you were back then.
1: Honestly, I'm so much of a different person. People accuse mm-hmm. me of not being the same person. They're like, you're using pictures of somebody else. I'm like, yeah. no, that is me. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's also, it's not even what I look like, it's in here.
1: It's, it's, I'm yeah. a different person. I've transformed in every single way. I don't think many people would recognize me as they. Yeah is
0: mad <laughs> yeah well honestly bethany thank you so much for uh an awesome chat um and also so much positivity in that as well because we did cover some you know some, some some quite dark dark moments in your life as well um i really appreciate it
1: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Actually, it's cool. Yeah, good.
0: Well, thanks so much. And uh, and thank you to everyone listening. Yeah, you can subscribe to us on most major podcast platforms YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Just search for psychic community or psychic stories and we'll pop up. And please do give us a rating if you like the show. And as we've mentioned, do check out our free psychic app for iPhone and iPad. It's a collection of interactive exercises, tools, and tips to help you boost your mental well being. It includes a lot of journaling, like we've spoken about, some meditation. Basically, find what works for you, take control. And do it more often. I think, Beth, that's kind of maybe how we sum up, you know, in some respects, sum up your journey.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so, uh, the app enables you to build your own personalised wellbeing toolkit to help you deal with life's ups and downs. Just go to our website, www.sidekick.org.uk, and click the Download Now button in the header to take you to the App Store. Beth, thank you so much again.
1: No worries at all. <laughs>